Welcome back, everybody, to the talk shop season six, episode five. Yeah, that's right. I got it. All right, excellent. I'm keeping up. Now. I didn't actually know. I just said it was right. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess we'll find out when I go to. We'll this. know. I'll dub over that way. We, we can put in a very <laughs> subtle edit. Yeah, nobody will ever know. <laughs> I'll just get Biggie to say six with that mm. AI. <laughs> six. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. We're back on kind of a routine schedule after the the whole Independence Day fiasco the debacle. <laughs> uh, what's everybody been up to? Well, actually, first of all, I should say I'm Tom, joined today by Ah, uh, I'm Corey. No, I'm Sam, baby. I'm Sam. Mm. He sure is. Coming at you. Switching like up a, the personas, huh? Coming at you like a smooth jazz or a semi truck. Whichever one smooth. is up to you. How you smooth jazz semi truck. I come at you like smooth jazz or a semi truck. It's all about how you receive me. It's all about <laughs> how you receive me, baby. Mm. Okay, well. We're, we're lowering the tone. Let's. Let's uh let's do an NPR style uh talk shop. So how has everybody been doing this week? I've been pretty good. I've been playing Monster Train <laughs> Alright. Let's uh calm it down. I'm just kidding. I've been Monster doing, Train. Today we're gonna talk about the African American influence on monsters on trains. Now, for several decades, nobody has appreciated the African American influence on trains. And today we've or brought monsters. two white men in to talk about it. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, Sam. Uh, you see, now understand, a train. you have you have your triple doctorate in African American studies, and yet, from my understanding, you've never met a black man before. Could you expand on that, please? See, Sam, that's true, but I also feel like I don't have to. I've read a number <laughs> of books on black people and black culture, <laughs> so I feel pretty. Uh, educated in the space of African Americans, and were any so of I feel were any of, I can speak for all African Americans. <laughs> were any of those books written by African Americans? See, the interesting thing about that is, uh, no, they weren't. <laughs> mm, mm, yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> all right, Monster Train. Monster Train. Yeah, Monster Corey, Train. Corey, I didn't know you played Monster Train. I, I was actually going to give you crap. I thought you turned it on and then like played it once and never went back. No, okay, this is this is the story. Okay, like two whatever I said I was going to play it like two weeks ago. Um, I bought it. I played a few runs. It wasn't unfun. I, I I enjoyed it, but I you know I played like two hours or something. I didn't go back to it. And then literally an hour ago, I was like, mm, I'm going to play some more Monster Train. I did one run, the stars aligned, like, all my shit was busted, like, I got, like, all the good stuff, right? And this, like, that's it. I, I get it. I get Monster Train. I'm, like, I'm hooked on Monster Train now. That's it. Oh, no. Once, <laughs> once you give it an inch, you'll never get any of your life back. I'm not kidding. I have skipped workouts. I have skipped, <laughs> I have skipped daily house chores. There are things in my life that are falling into disarray. Because a freaking monster train. Yeah, and, it's good. Uh, it's it's extremely balanced. Like it, <coughs> everything, all the like, the different mechanics in that game work really, really well. It's pretty cool. I'm glad that you've yeah. seen the light. I'm glad that you found the gospel. Mm -hmm. And welcome, welcome to the monster train family. Well, you know, I'm glad yes. to be here. 
And uh, you only have to be slightly autistic to enjoy the game because half of it is trains. True. <laughs> that is probably why I liked it so much. That's what drew me to it. I was like a card game, eh? Trains! Uh, I see the trains pull you in, but the <laughs> oh, monsters no. yeah, keep you there. Choo-choo! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's... I've hit a bit of a wall with it, personally, just because I've been trying to grind out some of the more annoying combina- like deck combinations, like uh, the uh, the green deck, which is Awoken. Some of the matches with that, just they don't fit or like at least to me they they don't make immediate sense like some other combinations do like you can pretty much combine umbra with anything and you'll win like there's <laughs> see yeah, i was that deck is completely broken i was an umbra chad for a long time but i've come around to my wax bros oh yeah and, uh, that one's the most broken of all of them for sure now i'm now i'm a big i'm big into the wax the waxy boys combining them with uh the, the yankee candle squad the red chads right, what you do that's what you gotta yeah. do now, Sam, I'm going to call you out. Okay. Publicly. Sure. Oh, damn. You're you're like, you're all up in the chat sending screenshots. Hey, look at me. I'm Covenant 11 too, just like my friend Tom. Wow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But you didn't suffer like I suffered to get that. <laughs> you, you, I think I when I was looking at the stats, grinded like nine levels with the Wax Bros. I to did. To get to there. I did. Uh, Tom, if you would please just open up Monster Train, actually. Just well, if you could I'm, on your computer. Before we even, before we even consider doing that, I'd like you I'm to open up Monster Train. And, and I get that you probably are feeling really like good about how, how you got to your Covenant level and everything. <laughs> but um, if, if you would please just open up a, a Monster Train real quick, because you, you went ahead and broached the subject. All right. Fair. I'm gonna. I'm going deep in the You're logs. You're throwing by accusations way. I'm looking, around. I'm looking straight in the stats. Okay. I'm going to be comparing oh, stats for you stats. Can, you can look this, at stats. We're going baseball you go, you mode go ahead, here. You can look at stats. First and foremost, right. I would like to tell you, is a win a win? What does that mean? Is a win a win? Do of you course. Care how you, is a win a win? Okay. If you would please, since we're going to look at stats before you break it down and try to do whatever you're going to do. I would like you, you mean to look. Bring it to reality. I would like you to look and 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 what covenant level am I at right now? You're at thirteen. I'm at twelve. Huh. But huh. here's the hmm. here's oh. the key factor. Here. Huh. Here's and, the key and, and factor. And if we're going to bring the chats in, and if we're no, going to bring the chats bringing, in, we're bringing. If it we're up. going to bring the chats in, I believe that somebody has uh, been on covenant uh, twelve for quite a while. And said something about how they were stuck and couldn't progress anymore, oh, and how shit. there was nothing hmm. that they could do, and and how it was basically impossible to get farther, and um and and just once again before you do whatever you're gonna do, I would just like to again for the record, he's delaying the inevitable. What folks. covenant am I on? The, you're on thirteen. The impossible. Th- I broke that impossible barrier. Right. Hmm. Okay, that's sure. very interesting. Tom, barrier. would you like to retort? That's yeah. very interesting. I absolutely would. Thank you, Sam, and for I, that information. I have I've got the double barrel loaded. Oh, shit. Buckshot. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. Come at me, bro. First of all, yeah. the only reason you're at 13 is because I gave you the strat to use, That's which is true. the fucking dagger mistress who is like invincible after like two levels. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's very also, good. Also, I'm looking at the stats here. Hmm, let's see. Melting Remnant. Let's sounds see. like the student uh, has become the teacher, Tom. Uh, let's see. Sounds I'm like at rank me. three. Oh, dang. I'm in third place. That kind of sucks. But how many wins do I have with Melting Remnant? Oh, four. That almost aligns perfectly with the number of other com- possible combinations with all the other decks. How many is Sam sitting at? Oh, 13? That's interesting. So you've just been spamming the most broken possible combination 
to just grind covenant levels where I'm in the muck fighting tooth and nail for every covenant level because I'm trying to do it with all possible combinations. Mm, sounds like and, you're and just making things decks. more difficult for yourself. And since for we're no delving reason. into that, Tom, I'm just curious. I, I'm, have you, no, have you, I'm earning it. I'm a man. I'm just curious, I'm Tom. Have you max leveled every other every every class? I'm just curious. I have. Oh, absolutely. You have. Okay. Well, so have I. So to say that I haven't played as the other classes is uh, pedantic. No, but have you have you beat on the highest covenant level every other combination? So green with no, red, but but why blue. would I do that? Why would anybody do that? What is the what is the because prize you're earning you it? I play with all of the classes for sure, but you're I just don't. playing with cheat codes right now. Is what's happening? You're basically you got the you found the broken one, and then you're like, I'm gonna grind out a covenant thing without hundred percent of the game. I just have no respect for you. It's uh, fine. That's You're fine. ahead of me. I don't care. <laughs> no, just I mean, no, I have no respect, respect for you. If, if you could do one other thing for me, Tom, just because I, I we're throwing I around just words like the respect. Game. Do I have to open? Oh, this up convenient. I would just, I would just like you to do one other thing since we're just throwing around all these things. All right, I'm launching the game again. Uh, let's just ignore covenant levels. Let's just ignore that. Let's just, let's just, okay. let's just ignore covenant levels. Cause sure, I get it. You're sure. a whiny little bitch, and and you don't like the fact <laughs> that I'm beating you. Damn. Uh, could we just let's let's pick another thing? Like, um, sure. I don't know. Should we pick high scores? Let's. What what are the high scores right now? Just wondering. Just just who's at the top of that one? And by how much? Actually, I have a higher Umbra score by. Oh no uh, no no no. Let's 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 look at high scores overall. Okay, well, high scores are tied oh, to fucking oh, oh, covenant oh, they're tied level, to covenant bro. Le- oh, but what are, what are, who has the highest score in the game right now? In the entire game? Yeah. Not you, for sure. Well, obviously not in the entire game, but out of our little <laughs> friend group. Out of our friend group. <laughs> yes, you have the highest score. Yeah, but how hmm. much? Is it close? Is it close, though? Is it close? It's got to be. Cl- Sam, it's got to be close. It's got to be cl- it's like, like, close. Like, surely it's competitive. Surely it's at least, I mean, with all of the shit he's throwing around, surely it's at least... Reasonably. What do you mean? Okay, first of all, <laughs> shit, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Would you please answer the question? I didn't. I didn't start this war. I already answered the question. I came I'm in ready to talk about trades because you're not listening because you're too busy oh, masturbating I just, to yourself I just, over there. I, I just want to know what are the scores? Just, just, just what are the scores? What are they? I don't even know. They're, I haven't looked. They're numbers. Actually, you're at forty-nine thousand. Oh, that's that's that that can't be that good. Surely I'm in what last place? Okay, so uh, I'm being like you're like the you're like fucking OJ's attorney right now. You realize that? <laughs> well, does like, if the score doing, is high, going, you must you're, cry. You're, you're overanalyzing everything but the point. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, again, I came in here and, and Corey's like, I like Monster Train, and I was like, that's cool. And then you came at me with this energy of Sam doesn't play the game right because he doesn't make it suck. And so I had, I, I feel like when, when we play this recording back, you will see that I merely put on the armor of God, the belt of truth, and the helmet of righteousness, <laughs> and I marched against the darkness when it was pressed against me. Uh, well, okay. If so you anyway, wanna, so something, if you want to talk about this. Something like 49,000. If what I was, were to what adopt the your score? plebeian tactics mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just sure, spam sure. the broken thing, uh-huh. I would have more wins than you right now because I adopted that tactic before you did, and I told you about it. You did so tell me about it. I am I, the victor. You are the loser. I have a giant penis. You have a little tiny no, chode. If I could just, if I could, please, if I could just say one more thing about that. Um, was Da Vinci the first person to pick up a paintbrush? Yes. The first person ever? Yes. Because what I think is that there was probably somebody who taught him how to use a paintbrush. Wait, who Sam, so him. forgive me. No, he, he uh, figured what, it, it out It sounds himself. like what you're saying is, Sam, that Tom is Slay the Spire and you're Monster Train. What, what, what I'm trying to say is actually, Tom, yes, you definitely, and I thank you for pointing me in the direction 
uh, of, of tools that you did not ho- know how to use competently. And oh, you're damn. welcome for showing you how to use them That's right. even worse than mine. Because if I might please finish it um, with my little cho dick here at that 49.937 score. Uh, next is actually Jack. Uh, on my scoreboard with with just an outstanding 45159 I'm guessing the trickle down economics has happened Re- here where you told there. him the broken That's uh, just a respectable tactic. that's just I would never tell him because he and I are much more competitive than I am with you if you think this is bad you should hear he and I talk about monster trade and then number 3 ooh number 3 but I mean surely you're at least in the 40 th- no no oh ooh T- Tim Tom applesauce 38660 wow mm 11,000. Eleven, that's 11,000 points in a game yeah, where in 25%. a game where, in a game where 100 points higher can can seem insurmountable. You are 11,000 points down. Mm. Well, I think All right. Well, okay. I think, I'm just going to tell you now. I think we'll just have to let if the If you want to have a fucking war. <laughs> I think we'll just have to let the listeners decide. This is decide. how you start one. I think that we'll just because have to let the I will decide. come back and I will plow you into absolute oblivion. I actually the fucking my wax bros. You absolutely will, and here's why. Because as I've <laughs> discovered recently, you two don't have fucking jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you two don't work. You two. Yesterday, it's Friday. It's like 2 p.m. I'm doing yeah. an Excel spreadsheet. I'm contributing to society. And my phone starts going nuts. And these two bros are talking about how they're back from like a two-hour lunch. And they're having like an in-depth discussion of the All themes right, well, of the lighthouse. Don't me into that. I actually work. <laughs> the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's but. the you're, you're like, oh, I think the themes of the lighthouse are those conscious versus the subconscious. I'm sitting there balancing a budget. <laughs> for- <laughs> it's 2 p.m. on a weekday. What is going on right now? So, yes. It's that work from home. First of all, Friday is not a weekday. (laughs) Friday at 2 p.m., it's the weekend. (laughs) Okay. Even I might still be physically uh, working, but that doesn't mean it's a weekday. It's just not. There's no way. (laughs) Second of all, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. With the sheer and uncontrolled, unregulated autism of your. Work from home lifestyle. I have no doubt that you will be able to beat my high score. That's why I'm enjoying it so much right now that I get to be king of the mountain for at least this episode in recorded history. You know what? I'm not going to sink to your level. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep toiling. I'm going to earn that bread. You understand? I'm going to get the respect, the mad respect, for playing with the shittiest possible combinations and overcoming all obstacles to win in the end. I'm the fucking underdog, baby, and you better get used to it because that's what's happening. That sounds to me like a, a diagnosable complex. <laughs> I'm, I'm God. I'm, I'm you gonna are shoot all my, ants compared to me. I'm going to shoot myself in the leg and then brag about how much better I am for running a marathon. I mean, if he, if Tom I, shot yourself in the leg, if Tom shot himself in the leg and was faster in a marathon than you, that yeah, that'd be impressive. Have you seen me? Of course it would be. <laughs> With a shot leg? I, 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 All right, I'm worse than you, Sam. Accept it. <laughs> <laughs> oh All man, right. the well, energy. we got the monster train out of <laughs> the energy already in this episode. Uh, monster train and is fun, plus, though. Uh, I will just say, like anybody listening who doesn't know what monster train is, is going to think we're actual insane people. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be the one that like um, that like barstool tries like happens upon to see if we're worth picking up and turning into instant overnight <laughs> billionaires 
they're gonna they're gonna. Like, What's Monster Train? I checked out the talk shop. It's literally just a bunch of screeching autistic chimpanzees talking about trains and monsters. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. Once you've been on the monster train, you don't get off. True. Listeners, download we Monster Train. Agree. Yeah, it's not expensive. Uh, it's a good game. Us, I was skeptical. I, friends, I uh, didn't give a shit about like deck builder games at all. I didn't dislike them. I just never cared. It's good. It's a good game. It's a good game. Uh, get in on Very it. Get good. in on the high score and the covenant thing. There's 25 covenants. So the the hilarious punchline to the fact that Tom and I are going back and forth on this is that neither of us is even like within 10 of the top covenant level and we're still acting yeah. like we we matter Dude, somehow after like eight it starts getting bonkers right right about the time they they gave extra hp to all of the bosses i was like oh okay i think that was 11 <laughs> yeah i was like okay and then well then the one before that is like there's more enemies in critical boss fights or whatever or like big boss fights have you maxed and then it's like have you maxed out your oh shards and fought the true boss yet shards oh do you have uh oh here's a question do you have the dlc i do have the i haven't touched it i'm avoiding touching it until i completely 100 oh. the base game and oh that's interesting the dlc okay uh the dlc adds a shard system and if you max out your shards you can go fight a true boss and every it, it makes you play through pretty much every main boss encounter in the game again while it has a it's a, the boss takes up all three levels and uh everything that comes in has like three spell and physical shield Oh, oh my shit. god. <laughs> that that just sounds horrible die. actually. I uh, I got so close to beating it. That was the high score. I got within 300 HP of killing it and I died and I just about threw my laptop cuz I was so emotionally invested. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like I'm so close. That you sounds grindy as fuck to me. actually. There's like there's the worst thing about this game is there's some runs where you're like, "Oh dude, I'm broken. I'm set. Yep. I just got this. Unlock." And then you get to either the second to last boss or the last boss, and then all of a sudden the train comes off the rails, no pun intended. Yeah. Like it just it's and funny. then you lose and you're like, okay, <laughs> fuck this. It's yeah. funny with It'll like get- other roguelike games, you know, like Hades or something. Like I think there's a lot of like parallels to Hades. Um, how like you can have a build and go, Oh, you know, I'm like this is super broken. You you get like the good RNG, everything comes together. But in Monster Tree, it's like the the enemies can do that too. Like, yep. they can also get really busted. Or like, you walk into a room, uh, or like the enemies for this whole encounter like have some modifier that like perfectly fuck the build that yeah, you've been working on. Yeah, it fucks your specific. Yeah, build. it's yes. it like fight the game oh, yeah. fights back at you. It's really interesting. That the the four armed bird. Oh, that dude breaks <laughs> about eighty five percent of builds. Yep. I think no first that guy. Uh, I got stuck on him forever at, at around Covenant eight. Um, just because he'll he'll end a really good run really quick, and the stealth guys too. There's a there's another boss oh, yeah, fight that stealth, has like yeah. the stealth eight. She has like eight stealth, yeah. and she can just wipe your entire first and second floor with no consequence, basically. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess this is the monster trade episode. Um, <laughs> um, true. But yeah, I I've seriously I I haven't had a game like this in a very long time that's so compellingly playable. And every time I lose, I just start it. It's almost, it's just become muscle memory. Like I lose and just jump right back into the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, I, what I do is I just hit escape and then hit that little, little circle icon with the arrow. Oh yeah. To restart with the same then setup. I'm just like, yeah. all right, let's just, let's do this. One of these runs will be broken. And in all seriousness, <laughs> as much as Tom wants to say, I only play one way. Uh, one thing that I really like about it is that there are, 
it's really fun to experiment. I've been trying magic only runs actually lately to really switch up because I wanted to play completely the opposite of what I've been playing. Oh, like the Stygian and yeah, 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 and like trying to uh, power up my spells and and not put any characters out on the table. And uh, so far, it hasn't been viable, but I'm confident that there's got to be a way. <laughs> it's the spell weakness. Yeah. I got one run out of like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Where like the spell weakness <coughs> came through for me, and if you can like start stacking that as early, like especially those bosses, you know that are off the side of the train and go yeah. up and down, like the final boss and like the, all the major bosses do that. If you can start stacking spell weakness and resist the temptation to use them intermittently, you can like one shot full health or almost full health bosses by the end of it if there's enough spell weakness. That's what I was thinking. I just haven't I haven't gotten the RNG hasn't worked out for me to have the cards to it's, make it. Yeah, it's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to have the right artifacts, then you have to have the right starting cards. Then you have to have the right like all the pickups for like the Stygian class, the people that apply spell weakness. Yeah. So and that's- like all the stars have to align for I at least for me so far. Maybe there's a build I'm thinking like that exists that I'm not privy to, but that's the only way I've been able to make it work is extreme luck. Um, yeah. So uh, Corey, I'm glad to hear that you like it too. Corey, I have to give you. Pr- I actually came into this episode wanting to give you props on something else, and uh, while we're already deep in the video game thing, um, last night Jack and I decided to. Switch things up a little bit, and we downloaded Battlefield Five because it was ten dollars. Mm. And uh, dang, is Battlefield fun! And you were it the is. only one that bought Battlefield Five. I have and... Battlefield Five. Oh, do you, jackass? I didn't know you had it. <laughs> Just kidding. I really no, didn't I know it. Yeah, I only remembered Corey talking about it. Um, Corey played a lot, a hell of a lot more than I did. Yeah, and you because even said I gave it was up good. right after the release because the uh, maps were so unbalanced and shit when mm-hmm. they first launched. I don't. I. I did. They didn't feel unbalanced last night. I want to give you props though, because you were right. That is a fun game, and they put a lot of work into it. And I'm very sad that it bombed so hard. And uh, yeah, it's I amazing. don't know. Like, it's hard to know how much. Man, the, like, there's something about FPS fans, especially Battlefield fans in general, where like, it seems like they get really mad about stuff really easily. Where they'll like patch the game, and they'll change like how much damage a couple of guns do, or like how much health you have, or like how like bullet damage scales over distance you know just like a small balance thing and there will just be reddit threads and people like on like commenting on all the youtube you whatever they'll just be like non-stop internet hate for like two months about how they ruined the game it, it's yeah. like battlefield specifically yep. is so bad about this i don't know like what it is but yeah i think people they just made some change early under that game and everybody got super pissed about it and then it just died like nobody everybody well, stopped caring the, about it the tricky thing with battlefield games is they're it's pretty much expected at this point that the launch is going to be horrible. Like, from server issues to just, like, unbalanced and, like, ridiculous. You almost don't get the intended feel until almost a year out for some of them. Like, I remember Battlefield 3 and 4 being like that. Battlefield 1 was definitely like that. And 5 was no exception to that. Except for 5, I don't even know. Like... They won a lot of favor back by adding 1942 maps. Like, they added Wake Island, which is, like, the battlefield True, map yeah. for everybody. And, you know, like, when I go back and play it, I have a really good time. Even for Battlefield 1, if I go back and play that, I have a really good time. Same with 4, 3, all those. Like, if, if I can find a server that's populated, it's awesome. But they lose so much favor in that first 
like six month period because it seems like every single launch for a Battlefield game is just dog shit. And the, it goes unpatched for slightly too long. I'm really hoping that, uh, what is it, 2142 or 2042? Uh, 2042 is going to be the exception, but I've been saying that for like the past three Battlefield games, so who knows? They're remastering the, the Battlefield 3 map, the one with the big radio tower and the like the huge parachute jump, that one. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? God, that yeah, map is that, so cool. Yeah, that level's awesome. The quarry one? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great map. Also, that Bad that Company 2 maps are they Charging into in. battle with like 60 bros to take a point with jets yeah. exploding up, like planes exploding above you and tanks fighting it out. And like, I always play medic and I'm like bringing guys back and sending them back out to the grinder. Like, that is seriously, it, it was so, it was such a refreshing um, view on why I prefer Battlefield so much to Call of Duty. Because I hadn't played a Battlefield since one, which was years ago now. And uh, I just remembered that I liked it more, but I couldn't really remember why until I played five again last night. And yeah. uh, dang, dang, is that it's a good series, actually. And I, what I love is that it's actually distinct enough and, and very it's very easy to differentiate from Call of Duty. They are very different yeah. things. Yeah, they have different <laughs> appeals. I am empirically worse at Battlefield, but I think I enjoy playing it more. I can get pretty tilted at Call of Duty, but I think <laughs> on average, I am way better at that game. I'm better at Twitch shooters than I am at Battlefield, and I don't enjoy playing Twitch shooters, so that should say something. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm terrible at Twitch shooters. I'm not actually, like, I bring it up all the time. I'm terrible at video games. For a guy who's probably spent, like, if we're being realistic, 27 to 30% of his life playing video games, I'm terrible at them, and... uh I feel bad about that sometimes because like well it all depends what you played for like the majority of your childhood like I played like Counter-Strike and shit yeah so which is like that's like the dojo for um like weird autistic specific reflexes yeah things. <laughs> yeah what do you what do you guys think about the Battlefield Portal thing I think that looks so cool oh that looks yeah. I think that looks really cool I think that looks pretty dank like I mean it's just well, they're going out of their way, right? Like the, these are all very old games. There's no way like any of the original maps are viable except for like maybe modeling them after that. So that saves them a little bit of work. It's it doesn't feel there's some DLCs for games where it feels tacked on. Like uh trying to think of the last. I think between 3 and 4, Battlefield 3 and 4, they started porting some Battlefield 3 maps over to 4 and that felt like, eh, it's a little soon for that. That seems like you're just taking one and applying it to the other and yeah. charging for it. Right? Mm -hmm. But all of the games they're porting over, it, there's been enough time where it's like, it would be nice to revisit these things. Uh, this ba they, Bad Company 2 is in there. Yeah, and Hell back, yeah. I actually have to look up. Bad Company 2 came, up, I, came out in 2010 I want to say. Something like that, yeah. Let me look. Bad Company 2. Release date March second, twenty ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't wait for for those who don't know. It's basically like a platform for, um, for like community servers for like community members to like run their own servers for like snapshots of old Battlefield games. So like there's like old maps from old games, and there's like all the guns from that were in those whatever. You can basically like have the the bad company 2 or the battlefield 3 or whatever experience in battlefield 2042 and like play on those maps and you know it's like it, they're like basically like mini remastering every game 
Yeah, and that makes sense because one interesting thing about Battlefield that has taken place over the past few games is everybody kind of gravitates towards one of the games. So it doesn't seem like all Battlefield players are playing one game at any given time. Call of Duty is much different than that. If you're not on the latest Call of Duty, then what are you doing? Yeah, basically? true. Like, there's nobody... I mean, <laughs> if Modern Warfare 2 was still, like, stable, I think everybody would be playing that. But nobody's playing, like, Black Ops 3 or 4 or anything Yeah, like a that. dead game. Everybody's playing, yeah. either, everyone's playing Cold War or Modern Warfare, and those are kind of, like, parody-wise on equal footing, effectively. But Battlefield... If you look at like the player counts, like there's specific web pa- web pages for it, and it'll be like there's a bunch of people playing three, there's a bunch of people playing four, there's a bunch of people playing Bad Company two at some points if it goes on sale or something like that. There's a bunch of people playing one and the newest one, so it's like it's like a splintered fan base. I think this is probably from a business standpoint their idea to try to rope all of those kind of stragglers into the new one and just say everything you're enjoying currently is here too let's get everybody on the same platform Uh, i like it too because like that idea of consolidating like your player base because at least on pc matchmaking on battlefield is like an actual problem it's (laughs) it's hard to to get into the right server if you just want to play you can just hit quick play whatever just get thrown into a game but like there's not enough people in the game to you know, if you're looking at the like the server finder, or whatever, like if you add in like a couple parameters, like oh, like these maps, this game mode, this you know these this many players, you're already down to like there's like three servers in like America that fit whatever what you pay. You know, there's just not enough people to have like a super rich experience where everybody can always play like what what they want specifically. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think it looks really cool. I think it's a smart move. Like it's, it's a good. day. It, I already said it was a day one buy for me. And after playing Battlefield Five, which I slept on for uh, over a year, I don't even know how long ago that came out. I'm super hyped. It's been a while, that. yeah. I, I, I'm super hyped for all the experimental things because uh, it looks like with that, <clears throat> if we're talking about all the stuff that you can add on and everything like that, it looks like you can randomize it. You can have like a, um, uh, what's that game? I'm trying to think. I should remember where you have like uh, spears against machine guns. It's like an RTS game. Age of uh, Empires. Age of Empires. Oh, yeah. Um, it seems like There's you get no a, Age, of Empires. Age of Empires. Well, you know, you, you advance technology. I mean, civilization does it too, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> it looks like you can have like a World War One versus futuristic soldiers. Yep. Fights. And that, that could looks, be cool. That yeah, looks like a sure. lot of fun. So. Yeah. We're hype. We're hype. <clears throat> it's not enough. We're hype. It's one of those things, too, that enough. seems kind of like they're dipping their toes in. You know, like they're picking like two or three maps from every game to do this for. Uh, and I imagine if it's a big success, like that could easily be like its own game or its own maybe like live service kind of thing. Yeah. And I wouldn't particularly have a problem with that if it's priced appropriately. Yeah, same. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind paying like a monthly premium if it meant on a regular basis I'd be getting old maps that I remember and are am fond of, in, imported into the game. There, I mean, there's, I think about this all the time. There's some Battlefield 1942 maps that if you didn't play in the heyday of Battlefield 1942, seem ridiculous and stupid, but were so fun. I don't like. Did either of you play like when 1942 was hot 
No. That was like no. the first online game I played. Was Battlefield 1940. Like there's this one that's like uh the Battle of Britain where it's uh basically one team starts with a bunch of bombers and they just fly over a channel and drop bombs on one side so it's like this and they're huge maps like almost too big um but there's like these weird like uh imbalanced maps there's like the d-day map obviously where if you're the germans you have like the bunkers on the beach but people are landing like craft and everything and that was always super fun Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of like those kind of initially imbalanced like the starting you know like uh can't remember the exact word i'm trying to think of but you're overcoming the odds, basically, on, as one side. But once it, you get past that hump, uh, it levels out, and it's super fun. And there's like a ton of great Battlefield 1942 maps that just need a little balance <laughs> tweak, and they would be awesome. Man, I like every, everybody knows Wake Island. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. We we all know that one. But there's so many other ones that are great. I want to relive the hell on earth of Operation Metro. Remember that? Yeah, dude, it's like starts <laughs> yeah. out. It, it oh, starts out I? in like especially the, a PC sixty-four yeah, players. Yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? It's nonstop RPGs. <laughs> it starts out in like the hills or whatever, like like a park basically yeah, the, in the park. Yeah yeah, 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 dude. And then, man, th- those were good times. The like, nonstop gr- fucking grenades everywhere. As soon as you get in the tunnels, yeah. it's literally explosions till the end of the game. Like, it's not your, playable, your, but in a fun shake way. Is, <laughs> the screen shake is constant until the game ends after that point where it's just like <laughs> oh i've had some man there's been some great moments and you yeah me and you used to do this where you there's that one oh actually you know what i'm thinking of i'm thinking about i'm thinking of that long jump map the quarry oh yeah yep you know there's this two paths on either side of the main tunnel which is also kind of oh like i Operation already know Metro, what you're saying yeah. where it's like uninhabitable uh-huh but if you're the support class and you have the LMGs, you can basically lay down on the ground and then you're just mowing down hundreds of people <laughs> as they're coming, flooding into those side halls to avoid all the tanks in the middle area. It's so... Do you know what so I remember good. from Operation Metro that you could do? I did this. This was hard to do successfully because, uh, like, all the conditions had to be right, but, like, when it worked, it was, like, amazing. So you could pick Engineer or was it Recon? I don't, whoever had um, C4... I think it was recon actually. I think it was recon yeah. four. So yeah. you uh you would pick or three. You would pick recon. You would see you would you would find like where the battle was in the underground. Like you would like find your team. You put C four everywhere, and then you would switch teams, and all the C four you placed would stay there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could just pull, pull, pull the trigger, whatever it was, the, for the detonator, and you'd get like twenty five kills. <laughs> Uh, uh, good times some oversights alright well we've been talking about video games for about 35 minutes now <laughs> we should probably change it up huh what do you think needless sure. to say we're all excited for Battlefield all True. huge fans here and I Monster Train to get, 2 I, re- I really just wanted to give props to Corey because uh, as much as I and, and I guess you too as, as well Tom but I don't remember you talking about it as much um, no I didn't Y'all Again, were... Corey was more into the battle. I was the champion I was. of that game. I was so turned off by the original trailer that mm, it like, yeah. tainted my entire vision of the game. All right, so what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with that. I was just saying, I was just, that whole conversation <laughs> came because I just wanted to 
give props to to Corey because Battlefield Five is good, and I shouldn't have slept on it. Right on. Well, let, I think we should tr- we should segue into what should be a regular segment on this podcast. Go on. Which is Tom's very specific complaints about annoyances in everyday life. Please proceed. I will. And I think this one might appeal to you guys more than maybe the the uh, mats being too thick at the grocery store. Mm, maybe yeah. that's, that might be specific to my life. But this is also grocery store related. So brace yourself. So, okay. So there's uh, basically there's a strip mall near where my wife and I live. Um, you know, it has like all the trappings. It has like a Papa John's, uh, a tobacco shop. Hell yeah. You know, all that stuff. But at the very end is an Aldi. Mm, excellent. And Aldi is low key the greatest shopping experience you'll ever have it in is, your life. Everything's dirt cheap and that you get in and out super quick. It's awesome. But here's the thing. And I did not know this. She actually, uh, Shay, my wife, I should say, uh, discovered this on a shopping trip where she went by herself. All right, so if you're imagining this this strip mall, there's like a separate parking lot specific to Aldi from the rest of the strip mall, right? Okay, sure. So, you know, the Aldi parking lot's usually really very busy, so she parked in the strip mall parking lot, but it's fine because it's like literally, you know, one road's length away from the Aldi parking lot. Mm-hmm. Goes in, gets the shopping, done, loads up the cart, pushes it, crosses over the threshold between the Aldi parking lot and the strip mall parking lot, wheels lock up on the cart. Oh, yeah, you said this. Yeah, that's crazy. It like They're like geofence. They know. They have GPS tracking in the <laughs> fucking shopping carts that'll lock the wheels if you're too far out. That's what? hilarious. I like it. You like it? You know, yeah, you know what? I'll say it. Fuck people who steal carts. That's like okay, degenerate. Well, that all right. Well, you're jumping to a whole nother issue here. I'm just saying, why does the like law-abiding citizen <laughs> need to be punished because some scumbag wants to steal a shopping cart? My life has to be worse because some asshole wants to run off with a cart? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like they set up like a really stupid barrier for like that trigger right it should be especially in that lot particularly it's like yeah i mean i i, I'm have, up, I can't really like, i haven't been fun? there i don't know what it looks like but like if there's like if people it's like who are 10 extra feet if people who are customers of your store are going to be parking their car somewhere yeah there's no way you, the, <laughs> the quarter wasn't enough huh the quarter uh, wasn't it doing it for you that's funny the fact that you have to put your own money into the cart to make it work I mean I that guess, uh, that would piss me off for sure. I just meant like that system existing, like the existence of it inherently doesn't piss me off. But yeah, it would piss me off if I was just like trying to get a cart to my car and I had to like drag a wheel locked cart <laughs> to my car. So she had up. to wheel. She had to pull the cart back into radius and then the, and unlocks the wheels. Wheel it back into the store. Go get into her car drive to the other parking lot and park, <laughs> then get the cart and bring it out and then unload the di- the, the groceries. The dishwasher? And then the dish- I was going to say dishwasher. <laughs> I've got uh, dishes on the brain. I mm. just did dishes before this podcast. I'm so sorry. 
and then wheel it back into the store. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, that's annoying. I agree. That's stupid. I thought this was America. I thought this was a free country, but we're being run by the technocracy. Fucking technology is destroying our lives, making everything worse. Return to Monk. No, not that. Return to the glory days, like Bruce Springsteen said. (laughs) So I took over, uh, like any job. I don't know why I thought that would be the interesting part. Obviously, (laughs) somebody did my job before I did it. What? No, (laughs) No, you are the pioneer. (laughs) And uh, part of what I've been doing is cleaning up because that individual was a bit of a hoarder. You work at work? Um, that's weird. I, I'm Why telling you, you when, when, as I, I I work, and then I see your your chat lighting up talking about the lighthouse. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, and one of the things I've been doing is getting rid of everything he had. That person had stolen two shopping carts from Super One because we're near Super One where I work. Okay, wait, and, hang on, <laughs> hang on a second here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not okay. I don't want to like dox you or anything. Yeah, how do you get shopping carts into where you work? You, you, where, you, you work at a place where <laughs> there's some some amount of standards, we'll say. It's in the healthcare. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you can Is say. Is too yeah, far? Yeah. Okay, work, you no, work I healthcare. Work. You're managing. I've been very vocal about being a nurse. and, and uh, Yeah, been vocal so about you're, being mani- you're managing basically what could be effectively a clinic, right? Yes. Is that fair? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What in God's name? <laughs> Would a manager of a clinic need with shopping carts from Super One? This is uh, the question that I have as well. But, Where uh, were the carts? <laughs> I, I, so I can't have, picture have, them being there. We have three storage rooms, and there's one that's like the secret storage room where, like, <laughs> the, the island of, of, of lost toys, it's like the, where you put things that don't have anywhere else to be. Mm-hmm. And, um,. The two shopping carts were in there. This was when I first started. I've gotten, I, I basically just walked them out and walked them back over to Super One because I didn't understand why we had them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we had two. And, and you know, it's like having a shopping cart, you're right, in a medical clinic is very weird. If I could ask one question to this guy, and I have many questions, but if I could ask only one, it would be, why two? Like, was it like a thrill thing? Like he got the one and then was like, I bet I could get another one. And like, was there a plan to fill the room with shopping carts? And then also what were the shopping carts being used for? Yeah. Well, I uh, yeah. Why practical? That's the big uh, question is why it's like, what was there anything in them? No. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just like too lazy to like put in a wreck for a dolly or something. He just stole a couple that's, of shopping that's, carts. That's my going, that, that was my going theory was that he didn't want a dolly. So uh, he just took a couple shopping carts. Did he put his fucking soda cans in there too? Yeah. <laughs> Wheel them down uh, to the recycling center. Can I get five shits for these cans? <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that because yeah, he did. He saved every can. He saved every, uh, printer cartridge that he replaced did they literally just hire like a like a so you mean like a real action you, you weren't like maiming or like being ca- like no, no, an like, actual oh, no, hoarder yeah like when when duluth closed down because uh, we had a duluth uh clinic shut down he took literally everything including the drawers from that clinic and brought them <sighs> then kept them even though there's there's no practical reason to have them what the so, fuck? There's like, when I got there, there were like three entire storage rooms just filled with like things like shelves and shopping carts that there's just no reason to have. 
<laughs> so I've had to get rid of all of it. That's um, very peculiar. I, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine like the job interview for this guy. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, so, what are your qualifications? I hang out by the quick trip and I pick up cans <laughs> yeah. in my cart outside and I wheel them and I got five cents a can. I will say this. Uh, if anybody's ever been in any kind of management uh, position where you have to manage finances, there is a ton of pressure to reduce costs. Um, kind of like an insane, like, Eminem, this is your moment, mom spaghetti puking in the bathroom yeah, pressure yeah, to yeah. keep costs down. <laughs> and uh, I think that my, my going thing is that that guy just took that mission very seriously. And so if he could, like... Sort of stealing 50, shit? <laughs> if he could make 50 cents off some cans and he could put that back into the budget, then he was going to. And I, that might have been a big strength, honestly, because I've, I'm, I'm not as good at that. Because I'd rather... I'd, uh, how much do I want to say about work? I'd rather spend the money and provide a good service to patients. That's, well, Sam. I don't think anybody you, can get after me about that. All, all you got to do is grow your beard out. You go down to the Salvation Army. You get yourself a Vietnam-era yeah. uh, fatigue. Don't shower for about 14 you, days. Then you, grab, then you get a beanie, and you get yourself a shopping cart, and you just start picking up cans and wheel them into the clinic. <laughs> start making some big savings. Um, but yeah, so th- so people do steal shopping carts and not even like reprobates, like, uh, dare I say, reprobates, <laughs> robots, reprobates, robots, reprobates. What are you, some kind of reprobit? <laughs> um, yeah. So people do steal them, and I'm glad that uh, Aldi's has gotten ahead of that problem because maybe Did I would just had- say, um. Actually, it's Aldi, not Aldi's. Or the Aldi? <laughs> what is it not? What, what it's is not Aldi's. It's like, Aldi's it's like nuts, Aldi. bitch! Oh, <laughs> he, he actually got you. Oh, I got oh, oh, It's like people oh, who get oh, pedantic about Legos. Oh, it's not oh, like Legos can't be referred to in the plural form. Oh, it's only singular Lego. I need a cigarette and a smoke. That was good. Did you nut? I did. Oh, but to be fair, it is Aldi, not all these, not all these nuts. All these nuts. <laughs> not all these nuts. Today Aldi we'll be nuts. talking about how African Americans contributed to all these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we have with us and next on, so on our panel stupid. today. We have the president <laughs> CEO of Aldi to chime in on his thoughts on why people keep making the joke all these nuts. I'll turn it over to you, Hal. I screamed all these nuts really loud, and right now my um, wife is trying to put my daughter to sleep, and I guarantee you that uh, mm. I'm going to be asked That's later why I screamed all these nuts as loudly as I could in the basement. Well, it was really important to be fair. Like that and one was worth it. It was for the it was for the bit. Tell her that. I feel yeah. like I can justify it. it we, we did it for the repro bit. Okay. The, the repro bit. <laughs> the repro bit robot. Repro bit bot. Wow. We're on quite a tear here. This We're is on just something. something. This episode is something. I don't know. I don't know if you. I I suspect going back and editing it before posting it. <laughs> editing in mass. <laughs> ah, yeah. True. I suspect this will be a positive one. Uh, let us know. Like, uh, subscribe, ring that bell, <laughs> uh, leave a comment. Yeah, I would like to say that. 
um, if we're going to break out the old management skills here, one thing that would help us improve the podcast would be some kind of engagement or feedback from you, the listener, because we get nothing. And we don't know what you enjoy. We don't know what oh, you wait, don't. Uh, that's not true. That's not true. Did we get not feedback? Entirely. We got feedback on a YouTube video on our YouTube channel. Oh, shit. What did it say? Oh, we got it from a known listener. Uh, the mailman himself. Mm, okay. Uh, we'll pull up the video here. Which video? I didn't know that he was, is he still around? Is he still listening? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks for listening. Hey, you know who you are. How you engaged. doing? Yeah. Yeah. We got to, yeah. Next time I'm in your area, we got to hang have out, you, bro. We got to have you back so you can yell at me about religion like you've been wanting to. You didn't get to when you got on. We got to get you <laughs> back on. Which, uh, which video right, was it? This comes from Dad Picker 2.0, episode one. Mm. He says, the putting the door back on was the best. True. It was. And there we go. So you can't say we don't get any feedback. Dude, that so fucking, like that, doors on that picture of like the kid's room <laughs> with like the Nick stereo. <laughs> oh. Well, in typical corporate fashion, the next episode is going to be nothing but doors being put back on. <laughs> two hours of doors being put on things. I still got to start episode. Uh, start editing the next episode of Dad Picker. I haven't started yet. Uh, I think that one might so be a lazy. doozy. That yeah, there's a lot of that's going to be a beast in one, that one. But I think it will also be very funny. It, I think the game, the gameplay bits in the upcoming episode are actually funnier probably than it's been in a bit. I agree with There's that. A there were some good ones. Wait, was that the one with the the N6, the flying game? The N64 flying game? Pilot Wings? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. And so was the Radom. What the hell was that <laughs> oh, Game Boy God. game? Oh, God. The Mechs? Yeah, yeah. Know, all the thing it's called. Yeah, there's some good bits in there. I just gotta get off my ass and start editing it, but I'm like, I like to overwhelm myself as much as possible <laughs> with hobbies that's my goal in life is to never do anything just be it's just like my real job expectations you know that i put on myself it's just like real work you know you let all of the things pile up until it's almost unmanageable and then and you do one <laughs> and then you wait until people start screaming and then you do that thing <laughs> yeah exactly and that's that's our operating motto here at the talk shop you see we're a family operated business here to talk shop and what we do is we just let responsibilities pile up and up and up and up and up. And up. And then when y'all start complaining, then we'll do one other thing. But we'll never do what you want us to do. And that's the most important thing of it all. <laughs> Sam, by the way, if you were wondering what I do all day at work, unironically, it's that. Just let things pile up? Uh, Let... The low to medium priority things pile up and then do the extremely high priority things as they come in. And then when people complain, uh, when whoever like has a me a low or medium priority thing that hasn't been looked at for a while, when you hear from them, they go, hey, what's going on? Then you do it immediately. <laughs> that is Excellent. unironically my job. <laughs> hey, did you hear that? Yeah, I did. It's time for crust in the wind. Hell Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to spice I... up the, the segues here. <laughs> so we'll roll intro right here.
I close my ears These bands all had a moment and that moment's gone All these songs Passed before their ears to mediocrity Crust in the wind All they are is crust in the wind and we're back. Uh, crust in the wind. Uh, Corey, you got? Do you have the list in front of you by any chance? Uh, the list. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Give me a second here. All right. I guess we can just say what it is. <laughs> but it's more fun to make you pull up the list. Uh, yeah. Got the list right here. All right. Well, what the heck did we listen to? We listened to Scott Stapp's solo album of Creed fame. Uh, the album The Space Between the Shadows, released in 2019. Yes. Correct. Scott Stapp, if you recall from a previous episode where we had the Stapp report discussing uh, his unfortunate uh, life choices, which led him to threatening the President of the United States and also saying that the core of ISIS was in his own family to the FBI. Yep because of prescription drugs and alcohol abuse. Uh, he's turned a corner. He's back. He's back, and he released an album in 2019, pre-pandemic, uh, called The Space Between the Shadows. Uh, why don't we just, like, why don't we kick it over to Sam? Let's see, what, what are your initial thoughts? I've got a lot to say, but I think uh, for the format, it is we start by each giving it a number rating. No. I will give all of your number ratings, and then you give my number rating. <laughs> um, I mean, I got Just a lot kidding. to say. I got a lot to say about this one. Go ahead and give it a number rating. We'll do, we'll do it your way. That's sure. fine. We're I'm going to start here. by giving this a 5 out of 10. And using the true 10 Damn. scale point, uh, that means that it is perfectly average. Like, 5 is not an underwhelming score. Anything above 5 is good and better than average. Mm. So I consider this an average album. Okay. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was going to say the exact same score with the exact same explanation. I would give it an uh, exact five. I don't hate it, but I don't like it. <laughs> it is completely inoffensive. Like it, it, I didn't loathe listening to it. We'll get more into this. No, I, like I said, actually, I have a lot to say about. Yeah, that. real quick, <laughs> like, we'll just we'll, Corey. What do you what do you give this out of? 10? Um, I'm not, I would say four uh, below average. I think it's you, so you disliked it. Yeah, my like, okay. I guess my like blurb take is it's too average to be truly average. It like it has to <laughs> sure. be below average. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, yeah. So we all listened to this album. I just listened to the entire thing this morning. I started listening to it earlier this week. Um, immediately it sounds like Creed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, there's no avoiding that, I don't think. Um, the, the, the one thing that amazed me about this album was its ability to just drift into the background. Yeah, dude, I listened to, okay, I listened to the whole album like three times because I was doing other things during the first two. <laughs> and it was like, I realized I only ever noticed that there was an album on like two times through the entire duration <laughs> of the album. Yeah, exactly. Like you have it playing and then all of a sudden your mind just starts to wander 
like outside of your control. It's like the music just like doesn't want to be heard. <laughs> it's like, I totally agree. Actually, it's uh, like, and this actually, I, I was thinking of this also earlier before recording. I think we talked about this, but uh, there was a a Christian radio station, positive hit music, WNCB. Uh, no, not WNCB. Huh. Uh, KD and W. Oh yeah. Oh sure. I think KD and W is still around, isn't it? Probably. I, I would Life imagine. FM now, but I or think yeah, Life there. FM. That's what it is now. Shout out to Life FM. <laughs> uh, but no, I will not support your station with a money <laughs> gift. Yeah, no, stop <laughs> calling. Uh, but this feels like any one of these songs could end up on that radio station. Oh yeah, for sure. And it would be complete, and it would sound just like everything before and after it. Like it is as generic as generic gets. What do you got? What do you got to say, Sam? What, oh man, what are you thinking? So I gotta tell you, I listened to this album twice, and I'm very glad that I did. I, I listened to it today, because typically what I do is we record, we choose the next album, I go to the gym, uh, my Saturdays are very <laughs> regimented, um, and after the and I listen to it at the gym, and then two weeks later we try to talk about it, and that hasn't been good for me, because in two weeks I forget most of what I wanted to say. So I shook it up, because in that same regiment I always mow my lawn before we record, <laughs> and Hell yeah. Uh, so I listened to The Space Between the Shadows twice, and I have to tell you, the first time I listened to it, I was ready to give it a 7 out of 10. Damn. Um, I was ready to throw my credibility out the window, and I was ready to, to and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm glad that I listened to it the second time, because the second time, a lot of the flaws and a lot of what you're saying, that, that bland blankness, really is very noticeable on the second listen, um, to the point where 80% of the album is just background noise um what you were talking about like christian radio but i am going to say something and this is this is the thing that is going to to end my career in podcasting <clears throat> your guys aren't going to let me back after i say this <laughs> please go this ahead. album <laughs> this album is as good if not maybe even a little better in some parts than anything the foo fighters have put out uh in many many years um it is the same recipe as the foo fighters it is that same dad rock um, and I think that he actually does it really well. I think that if you like that kind of bland, cause there's butt rock, which this isn't. And then there's dad rock, which this definitely is. And Foo Fighters are known as the Kings of, of dad rock. And yeah. I think that this gives that a real run for its money. Can we just all as a group here officially on behalf of the entire world agree that the Foo Fighters, since ever long, have been going steadily. Well, they haven't gone downhill. They hit a plateau and they've stayed on it. They, I, you know, I don't know what the, there's this crazy like people have like hold new Foo Fighters albums in such high regard, and I don't understand why they're so Dave generic. Grohl is a gift to humanity. Yeah, he's, let's not pretend seems like that a he's great not. dude. Mm-hmm. Let's True. not pretend like he's not. But I don't want to judge it based on the reputation of a person in the band. I want the music to be good. I I agree. I have not. Uh, the Pretender was Pretender was the last Foo Fighters song that I liked enough to listen to multiple times. And I give every new Foo Fighters album uh, a shot because I want to like the Foo Fighters a lot more than I do um, because they're heralded as such geniuses. And I, and I do like Dave Grohl. Um, but I, I, just, I have to say that they're just so I, generic. I, they are. They, they are. are. And every album sounds more generic than the last. It's amazing. And what I it's would say, it's almost a talent in and of itself. And what I would say is that the space between sh- the shadows was a was less generic 
than your typical Foo Fighters album. And I'm ready to back that up with a few things. Uh, first right. of all, the first song. Okay, first of all, first of all, I have so much to say about this because all I could think about, and and I don't think I'm far off, um, because I'd actually forgotten everything about him t- all saying all that crazy stuff about the president the whole time I was listening <laughs> to this. Because last week, last week or last episode, we listened to what was supposed to be a concept album about going to space, right? Mm. And we were like, "Oh, that's not a concept album. It didn't carry back to Mars." Like <clears throat> this is a fantastic concept album. About an out of touch boomer who accidentally gets canceled on Twitter <laughs> uh, for saying something that that's seen as racist and problematic now that wasn't in his time, and this starts him on a journey of self discovery and redemption. And I want you to re- listen to the album again sometime with that story in mind because it fits so perfectly. Because like every song this is, is like, wake up call. <laughs> every song is like I just felt like I was I was sitting on a bench next to a very old man who's very confused because like every song is what's happening? Where am I? <laughs> The Who world as it is today. What the what's, hell going, what's going on? on? <laughs> things are crazy. We hate so much. <laughs> I just wanted things Why to be Why is everyone so mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, keeping that in mind, World I Used to Know, uh, which would be a great kickoff to a concept album about that, uh, was a banger. And uh, I like World I Used to Know uh, a lot. Um, the guitar riff. I mean, here's the deal. It's not going to be art. I'm not going to say that it's like genius, but I like songs that go a little hard. And I feel like that song gets very close to going hard. Um, where it ruins itself is it does become very generic. (laughs) Yeah. With its lyrics and its chorus and everything like that. Uh, from there you go into name. Um, which is, here's what I'll say about name. Uh, it, I mean, it's literally dad rock. It's literally like, I'm going to be a good dad because mine abandoned me. I actually, the one poetic thing that I think he does is referring to being a good dad as being the space between the shadows. I think that's kind of dope. Um, there's not a single, he doesn't get close to that kind of poetry again. <laughs> um, ever. Like, True. I don't know if he just like somebody else wrote that for him or what, but I liked that. And uh, so by that song, I was like, okay. And the name itself isn't a great song. But I was like, okay, he's he's hitting, he's pulling some strings, he's pulling me in, okay. Uh, then for like the next, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven songs, uh, it's it's what you're talking about. It's just a pancake that got thrown against the wall and is slowly sliding off, and you forget it's there. All you need to know um, about what Scott Stapp <laughs> thinks is cool is at the end of Wake Up Call when the child chorus kicks in, or like the ch- the children's <laughs> choir, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, this is yeah. I, I won't lie, I actually <laughs> kind of dig the fact that he had the balls to rhyme "wake up call" with "wrecking ball," and you can <laughs> have he, it all. Like he really, he really does, like uh, destroyed the wall or something. Oh, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he was like, "This is your wake up call. I'm a wrecking ball." I was like, "Okay, all right, man, go off, king." And then he does <laughs> two more rhymes with that yeah. in mind. But Face yeah. of the Sun is is a perfect like that is the worst song on the album. That 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 followed by mm. Red Clouds. Oh my god. Those are I just I think Mary's Oh Ryan god, I just played the intro bad. of Face of the Sun. Yeah, this Dude, song was not I'm good. Gonna, you did not just cuz I'm about ooh ooh you're about to get me heated because after Red Clouds comes Gone Too Soon, which if you've ever lost anybody in your life, you're going to at least appreciate that he's singing about it. It's not great. Um Ready to Love is where he really got the hooks in. 
Uh, Pepsi recently released uh, Where is this Pepsi going? Blue for a limited run. <laughs> go go on. Blue? Oh my Pepsi god, Blue. I forgot that existed. It was out Holy for a little shit. while. And I, I loved Pepsi Blue when I was a kid, so I bought a lot of Pepsi Blue and I drank it. And that was like condensed early thousands in a bottle. When I would drink it, I was like 13 again at the roller rink um, trying to flirt with Listening my Listening to Creed. And, Can uh, you take <coughs> me higher? <laughs> he really taps my in. My skates are too tight. This this <laughs> album becomes the Pepsi Blue of music right around Ready to Love. The fact that he he has the, the sheer audacity to have the lyrics, I'm reaching to the sky asking why I'm ready to love. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, <laughs> you can't. That's uh, like what a, it's like when a, a man rapper, out of time. When a rapper rhymes fish with dish and you're like, <laughs> you have to kind of respect it because like only somebody very confident in their success already would dare be that stupid. <laughs> um, throw in, and, and, but here's where we're going to disagree. And obviously we're going to ve- very, I think Barry's crying is an absolute banger. Oh, <laughs> is, I don't know. That I don't is know the, about now, that. I, I, I'll tell you, you guys were little babies during the 90s. True. Uh, as somebody that was raised in the 90s, there I haven't heard a song in a million years that feels as much like the, just has that perfect 90s optimism that Mary's crying. First of all, it starts out just like a Creed song. Like, I it feel does. like he... he I felt like that one was for the fans. He was like, I can still write Creed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all, the, like, all the people who... Wait, when did he leave Creed? Uh, Early 2000s, I think. That long ago. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Or not early, th- probably like mid-2000s. And, and, and to be very clear, it's not a good song. Just like Pepsi Blue isn't good for you. Like Nobody's here what to defend mean? I, th- Pepsi that's all Blue. I, I don't drink water. I just drink Pepsi Blue. Pretty sure Pepsi Blue set my kidneys ahead about 10 years in their age cycle. <laughs> I will just say, Mary's Crying is about as 90s as anything I've ever heard has gotten. And it got me jazzed, man. I was sitting there mowing my lawn and I was, Mary's Crying! <laughs> I was like, hell yeah! Damn. With that grungy voice. Uh, and then Last Hallelujah was a good follow-up, and, and that felt very 90s and very corny. It, it, it felt, in the, if, the, if the Pepsi Blue metaphor doesn't grab you, it felt like a little bit like watching Face Off, where like the whole time you're watching, you're like, objectively, objectively, this probably isn't good. But I like it, and I don't care. So I can um, see where you're coming from with that, because I got similar, because I actually kind of like Creed. I don't want to say guilty pleasure. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure, in my opinion. You either like something or don't. I like Creed. Uh, there is a such thing as a guilty pleasure, and if you don't uh, believe me, look up Baby Metal, because they're one of my favorite bands this year You can so like far. them. Who gives a and, shit if you like uh, them? I've heard of them. I don't know that I feel good about liking them. Well, you should. You should feel they good They got good riffs. Them. I'm not going to listen to them any less, and I would go to a show tomorrow. And, right. Uh, then there's no guilt involved there. Um, but... The, yeah, the, you have to admit there is something about this album where it encapsulates that feeling of like the early 2000s. So this is going to sound super hypocritical because the whole point of this venture into all these albums is to see if people changed and did something novel and unique. But I think he kind of leans into what he knows and I kind of don't hate it. I think he he can 
write a song. I actually like his voice still, except for the auto tune was very egregious in this album. <laughs> That's noticeably true. It was. bad. In the in the like, like the ballad songs specifically, like the slow ones, oh, it was yeah. really noticeable. Yes. So that what that took me out of it, which was unfortunate. But he's getting older. Whatever. Whatever you say about autotune, you're basically when you record an album, you want it to be as perfect as you can possibly get it. I understand why you would use it. Um. But yeah, he leans into that the sound everyone's familiar with. The sound everybody recognizes him from. And it is kind of okay. Yeah. Like, I I don't really... Again, I didn't hate this album. I didn't even think it was bad. I didn't think it was good. It's just completely inoffensive. And it, like, it, it is kind of like a strange time machine in an album form. Because, like, when you listen to it, you're like, this sounds hauntingly familiar, mm-hmm. even though it's new. Like, you recognize something about that era of music kind of comes through in this. And it comes through with, like, the guitar work and, obviously, his voice. Scott Stapp has a very particular voice where he pronounces everything like an invalid. (laughs) Um, But, uh... Like a reprobate. A reprobate. (laughs) I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. There you go. That's my. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Is what we covered here. I don't know if anyone has anything else to add. Yeah, I liked it a lot the first time, but the flaws came through a lot stronger the second time. Um, I don't think that I'll ever listen to it again. But I like that it exists. And if you uh, if you want to feel a little nostalgia for the '90s, you should or the early thousands, you should definitely check it out. And uh, if you actually liked Creed, which no shame, if you liked it, I think you should definitely listen to it because I think you might like it a lot. Yeah. Like I, I said, guess for me, it's perfectly average. It's, I guess I do have one final thought. Actually, it just came to me. Uh, a lot of the lyrical themes in this album is him wrestling with trials and tribulations in his life. And though I don't think he can quite quantify it in a manner that is not beating you over the head with it or super tropey. I respect the attempt and there are moments where you're like, oh man, that kind of sucks. Like when we were talking about uh, Gone Too Soon. Like, you know what he was going for. And he, that was obviously <clears throat> something that happened to him, I would assume. It is a very honest album. Yeah. That was something like, I meant to say. It's very honest. Like, he it's really just, puts it's not good, but there. it's honest. Like, yeah, he really he, he puts it He wants to there. say something, I just don't know how well he can say it. Yeah, he app- uh, apparently he did like a full tour, like a solo tour just on this album. I mean, the yeah. effort is there. He wasn't coasting. This wasn't like a quick cash grab. Like, this guy was passionate when he wrote this. You can tell. And he really wanted to put his, his heart and soul on his sleeve, and he wanted to, he wanted to roll it out across the country. And Do I, I bump I, this up to a six? Do I actually like this album? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man. It, it was a seven for me after the first listen, and then it went to a six the second time I heard the first song and was like, oh, this isn't as good as I thought it was. And then there was all that bland stuff kind of in the middle, and that that's where I settled on a five. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to leave it at five until I give it another listen. Maybe I'll update next t- next episode and change my mind. But I have a feeling, if anything, it'll go down, I'm guessing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, if you like, yeah, like you said, if you like Creed, if you like Scott Stapp, if you like that kind of music, you like that era of music especially, you might actually enjoy this album. 
So, you know, it wouldn't hurt to check it out. It's not. It was for definitely a pleasant me. surprise. I was dreading this one the most so far. Really, I had zero. I had zero excitement to listen to this one because I don't really like Creed. Um, I mean, I, so I, I had to really. I didn't really. I was pretty indifferent. I was just surprised that it was like the one that you were dreading the most. So far, I, I really because I I was very I was very curious to see what Chevelle was up to. Power Man Five Thousand. I'm actually a fan. Yeah. Of. Um, God, I should listen to that album again. Trapped. 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 Oh my trapped. god. Well, trapped was, is like watching a train wreck. True. Yeah, trapped was like I had a lot of morbid curiosity about what trapped would sound like. Um so this was the one this was the first one where I was just like, I don't I don't really want to listen to it. <laughs> like that was just my attitude about it. And uh so I was very pleasantly surprised. Like that first song was was a good kickoff to like hook me in and get me in. I will say that's another very positive thing about the album. It's paced very well. He um it's got the rock structure. As long as you like, down. as long as you don't mind mid-tempo rock songs, which are the ones where they all bleed together a little bit. Um, I think he paces his themes and what he wants to say pretty well. I noticed that when it got really boring, he would add in like a little guitar riff to kick off the next song. Like he knew, he knows how to compose and he knows how to put together some songs. Corey, you haven't said a lot. You rated it a bit lower. What, uh, what do I don't. You it have just kind of like it's like it was never there. It didn't leave anything behind. When I listen to it, it's like, like Tom said, like I, I, I listened to it three times, but I only remember like 1.3 listens <laughs> because it was always just fading to the background. Um, I, it didn't commit any like egregious sins. Uh, I think it was just, I kind of stand by the original thing. It's just too average to be average. It was like, sure. it was too inoffensive. It was too like... I I think I actually do unironically agree with your Foo Fighters take though. I was never a, a huge fan of the Foo Fighters, but like, it's it is probably better than most of the things that they've done in recent memory. Yeah, yeah, that was actually a very poignant take, Sam. I wasn't expecting. That was an original take. This is this is just going to turn into a Foo Fighters hate circle jerk. <laughs> but but no, no, I actually true. fully agree with it. Yeah, they're they're they're. They get away with a lot more than pretty much any other band would get away with, and I don't really understand. Just because Dave Grohl's they a cool really dude, do. That's prob- that is really, really the reason do. why. I like Monkey Wrench, and I like Everlong, and that's about it. And those that I think both of those songs were on their first two albums. The fact that it's so okay to openly hate Nickelback, but so egregiously a crime against music to say that the Foo Fighters could step it up a bit is crazy. That's true. It's you know what, Sam, me. you're right. It's hilarious. You're actually 100% yeah. right. If the it's, Foo Fighters put out a, a Nickelback album or a... I, I, I genuinely mean this. If the, if, if, if the Foo Fighters put out this album by Scott Stapp, I think it would get incredible reviews. Unironically, I think that it would get... Eight nines and tens out of tens from, from all the big like a double blind like would, yeah 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 they would say like oh it's a return to form and oh this is you know what you I know mean? Yeah. Sam's right Sam's right it's true I agree a hundred percent I don't I don't get That's the love true. I think they're probably the most okayest band I've ever heard in my life I wouldn't go I think, I wouldn't drive to Minneapolis the, to see the Foo Fighters if I got the chance no I think the Foo Fighters get a tremendous pass on charisma. And I think that we uh, often underappreciate just how important charisma is to things like the music yeah. and, and the acting industry. Oh, like, yeah. The, everybody in the Avengers franchise, they got there because of their charisma. Mm-hmm. And and they chose those people and then they gave them personal trainers to make them look like gods on earth. Um, 
but I mean, the funny thing about the Avengers, which are some of the most the 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 movies that have made more money than than most countries produce in a year, right? The thing about that was those actors aren't necessarily good actors; they're just extremely charismatic. And I think that that it transitively affects like how the Foo Fighters have survived for so long. And yeah. I think that Nickelback just doesn't have that charisma, and Scott Stapp doesn't have that charisma, and uh, I think that it's I I I just have to call it out when I see it. I'm glad that you guys uh, felt that. I I was worried that I was going to get shut down because people think the Foo Fighters should are, are like rock and roll gods. No, and I, I admire your that. bravery though. That is a hot. <laughs> that's a spicy hot take. I think it's 100 percent true. But like, depending on the company you're in, you some, that you got to be careful. Some people are gonna unsub. Yeah, you got to be careful who who you say stuff like that around. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think on average, what does this get? Like a. I think it's. I think it's a well, five on average, five. right? Because it's four, five, Just, six. Uh, you gave it uh, two fives. It's like a four point seven five or oh, something. fourteen divided by three. I thought Sam gave it a six. No, he no, five. I, I, I started. I, it, okay, uh, yeah, I gave it a mind. five. By the time I had time to really reflect and and think about using a true ten point scale, which is something I wish everybody did, because I mean the the general ten point scale right now is. Seven is okay. Eight to ten is good, and everything below that. You is know, shit. we should change it to <laughs> like a a negative five to five scale instead of a zero to ten. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. So like a zero. This would be like a zero. Yeah, just a perfect. Yeah, the, the, we could ju- just we'll just use the pH scale. <laughs> <laughs> this is a seven. It's neutral. <laughs> I actually like the negative five to five. I think we should adapt that. And I I. Oh, no, I, I'm not joking. I you can gain points and you can lose on. points. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, I, I give I it a minus one. <clears throat> yeah, I give this a zero. This was. This is, yeah, so I really like that scale. It's dude. inoffensive. I really like that. Bordering on not good. I didn't That's come up with that scale, by the way. Another friend of mine. Oh. We use that. Oh, okay. To, to rate it's really stuff. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I. It, it docks them yeah, now. Who is them? Where they live? Uh, it's Fireside Tom. It's his scale. Is oh. it? I'm going to start using this for props to him and all credit to him, but I think we should start using that for everything we do. And we should also we claim it something. as our own idea. True. Uh, I, I, I really like to call like it that. the talk shop scale. <laughs> TM? Yeah. <laughs> Patent pending? It's kind of like when I figured out alone that the secondary wax uh, main champion was the best way to play a month. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so now I call it the Sam Damn, strip. you're so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, you should DM uh, me about that strat. I'm getting more into the game, so I I, I, I want to hear about it from the the originator. Yeah, you definitely That's should. As, as the only one that really understands it, I should. I'll I'll, I'll talk That's to you. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. Well, Thank you have you. more experience with it. So. <laughs> We're good. Uh, no, but I like that a zero because that's instantly I understand that. Like if somebody tells me, oh, it's a zero. Uh, yeah, okay, and, it's a and five. even Ooh, even as hard as we try, five. even as hard as we try to be to to like when we're doing a ten scale. Uh, to like be true to it, to like call five down the middle. There's still like we're still being bombarded by like IGN and shit, and <laughs> all these people oh, all yeah. the time who abuse the fuck out of it. Or like it, it's hard to be five consistent. Five is like trash tier. Yeah, even <laughs> even as hard as you try, it's hard to be consistent within yourself to like stick to that scale. And then also when you're like telling other people about it, you it it carries all that baggage too. So like if you're talking to someone who you don't know super well, you say you think something's like a five, they might think you fucking hated it, or they might think like, oh whatever, you thought it was okay. That's I think a f- also just a straight five scale is very forgiving in that way. If you say something's three out of five, it's like oh, okay, well it was okay. Yeah, I agree. With that. Right. And anything below Two that, like, like okay, four, like bad. four star, like on on a zero to four, no, there's not enough like resolution there to talk about. I think yeah. five, either way, yeah. You know what? 
I'm not even going to keep talking. This is a good rating system we got. Zero, uh, negative five to five. Yeah. You heard it here first. Rate and everything we're gonna, that way. Uh, that's going to be for everything from now on. Yeah, everything. I, I like that everything. a lot. Everything. Everything. The Megasode. <laughs> negative three. Tom, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That sounds pretty I've funny. I've got a actually. lot of. I got. I've been actually writing notes for the Megasode, and it's like July. That's really <laughs> funny because honestly, like I was gonna say that. Um, um, this year I wasn't gonna write anything for the Megasode because I feel like we have friction in the fact that I always overwrite for it, and like I, I, you know, for anybody who's interested behind the scenes, I usually come with about three to five pages of notes mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. I've typed up and that I've put a lot of thought into. I don't think the ratings. problem is that gets... you write too much. I think the problem is that we're all just so drunk. That's well, the I mean, that's, well, that's what I'm getting at, is that then we progressively, as it becomes just a night of debauchery, and I, I tend <laughs> as to get it very should frustrated. Be. I, oh, I'm not arguing, but I tend to get frustrated because I've prepared and I want to give like a very serious like soliloquy on the importance of, of culture and gaming, and that's on me. So this year, I was thinking I would actually not prepare anything, and I would just come in and, and fly off the cuff to see if the chemistry is better when we try to do it. We, well, you see, we got we got it down to a science now. You front load the booze, right? So the the beginning of the episode is terrible. Then we have Domino's break. True. Then we get tired, and then we end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> then we drag ourselves through two more categories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disappointments is always like oh, I don't even know. I'm not even. They, it should be that way. Anymore. Yeah. Disappointment should be like we're there's like a gun to your. I'm being forced to do it. I don't even want to be here anymore. We can just eliminate that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It fits the category. No, disappointments is a good yeah, one. Yeah, because it's, it's I'm talking about something that's really disappointing and like I should like barely be limping along, barely getting out of my mouth. <laughs> Fuck that whatever that thing I'm talking about. Since we're back down to three people though, I do think that maybe we should talk about some format changes where we have like a time amount for how long we can talk about our thing uninterrupted. And we should then get a time, like an actual discussion. timer alarm. So like so like so everybody gets say thirty seconds whatever we decide a minute thirty seconds whatever to talk about why it's on their list and thirty then, seconds the episode would be twenty minutes long and then well however long we decide five minutes anywhere any amount forty eight minutes and then it opens <laughs> up to discussion and counterpoints and then it can devolve to like the talking over each other and yelling I'm down yeah ah! that works yeah all right well we'll figure out something that's still ways off yeah we, we're only halfway through the year we're only halfway through the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh cool all right well what we learned uh, today yeah uh, i learned I got one. that tom's wife is a, a dirty cart thief probably probably yeah. uh supplied the carts to sam's old manager probably <laughs> all right well i'm still gonna use mine anyway even though you tromped all over it <laughs> go ahead one shopping cart is too few three is too many Two is just right. True. That's what I learned. And I learned that Tom is a real negative five on Monster Train. <laughs> Damn. Still going. Tom, you got to blow this guy out of the here. water this week. I'm, I'm not going to do anything with Monster Train. I'm just going to kill him in real life. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that it hasn't happened this far. Well, you heard it here, folks. When I don't come back and I'm dead, Tom did it. Well, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna care enough to convict you like the judge would be like let's oh, just good. say i wouldn't be surprised if gun crime came to your house and killed you specifically damn i'm not saying i'm gonna do it i'm just saying i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't i genuinely am surprised that there hasn't been more gun crime in my life so. <laughs> you seem like the kind of guy that would have a gun story 
like a really crazy like, was, some shit that happened. He was in the military, yeah. so I would imagine there's a You've few got an everything story, story okay, but I none of them involved guns. I only really guns. have one gun story. Do you want to tease it out story. for the next episode? We've been going for No. I mean, this is a really quick one. The, uh, go it's for not it. even very interesting. I was I was just thinking of the listener. But I was the, just thinking of a listener. It wouldn't be worth waiting. So the only gun story I have is that I was an armorer, and one time um, there was a party in the barracks, and some one of the other armorers pulled a gun on somebody. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> that the? they'd stolen from the armor. Oh, room. my God. And so all of us with armor keys had to go and do like intense psychological evaluations <laughs> to prove that we weren't going to do the same <laughs> thing. And it was like a whole big deal. Uh, oh, God. Uh, that that like I said, see, aren't you glad you didn't wait two weeks? For that? Yeah, I'm glad. I think we should have. <clears throat> should have. All right. Well, everybody, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you feel the desire welling up deep inside you, please tell a friend. And uh, good night. God bless. And God bless America. <laughs> And today we're going to talk about how the African Americans have influenced yes. the outros of podcasts. You see, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Um, since the dawn of podcasts. Goodbye! Though it now, may not Tom, be. would you say that this qualifies as cultural appropriation? Asian. 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 Asian.